Hey everyone, my name is Erin Vicente and you're listening to What the Hell is Next. Welcome back to another episode of What the Hell's Next. I hate to think this, but I have not actually released an episode in over six months and I am so sorry about that. I think in the last episode, I definitely said that I was going to release one every like two weeks, which obviously uh, has not happened, but hopefully it will from here on out. We'll see what happens. But what is really cool and something that I wanted to share with you all is that the podcast has been listened to over 5,000 times, which is just crazy. That is not something that I thought would actually happen. I thought maybe it would just be like four or five people who are listening to the podcast. So thank you to everybody who's listened to the episodes, and hopefully you can enjoy the ones that will be coming up. But it was kind of interesting when I saw that it had been listened to 5,000 times. I thought in my head like, oh, I'm going to be super excited if it ever reaches like 1,000 people or whatever. But it actually was just embarrassing. Um, I think I hated the thought that my voice was playing in somebody's car and that people really close to me were listening to the podcast. And while that sounds really silly because I'm literally the one who recorded this and chose to put it out there, I started to get really self-conscious thinking of what others were thinking about me and just, yeah, what others would think or if they would think it's silly that I was trying to make a podcast. Self-confidence has never been something that I've struggled with, but lately it has definitely been something that's been on my mind constantly. After tearing my ACL, I have gained a lot of weight, so no comments about that. Um, But work has been pretty stressful and just different. Jordan and I are going through a lot of life changes, and just a lot more has been going differently that I just never really thought would happen, and my self-confidence has definitely gone down. So this has been causing me to have a lot of doubts about where my life is headed, who I am today, and while trying to work through these things, I was just thinking a lot about the concept of taking up space. Why should I be ashamed or embarrassed about what I'm saying on my own podcast? I should be proud and confident. And if somebody chooses to listen to my podcast, that's obviously their choice, then that's awesome. But I should not care what others have to think about what I say because I am allowed to share my thoughts and others are allowed to choose to listen or not. I'm just as important as the other person on Spotify podcast and I am allowed to share my thoughts. So with all of that being said, we are officially back for another episode and hopefully many more to come. This episode is going to be a mix of sports and life talk, and it can be implemented into many different areas of life. It's going to be all about the idea of taking up space. When we talk about space, we often think about the physical realm that individuals or groups inhabit. But space is not just physical. It encompasses the psychological, emotional, and relational aspects as well. Taking up space means more than occupying a physical area. It involves asserting your presence and your confidence and empowering your voice and safeguarding yourself from unwanted intrusions. Essentially, it's about giving yourself that permission to embrace your genuine emotions and establish personal boundaries and actually recognize that you deserve to exist and thrive in this world. It is critical to remember that you belong and you have every right to take up space in any room that you're in. An example of taking up space that happens to pretty much everybody that I know is when you're in the gym and you feel somebody's gaze come upon you. They're just staring at you while you're doing squats or doing the whatever leg extension machine. They're just staring at you. This is literally one of the worst feelings. I'm sure we can all uh, agree on that one. 
But usually my response is to just look down, try not to make eye contact with this person. I usually make myself super small, get a little bit self-conscious that I'm doing the exercise right. And I hope that this person just moves on quickly. But why do we do this? I am allowed to be in that gym and take up space at that moment. Obviously, assuming that your intuition tells you that it's safe to do so. So, you know, you're not nervous to this person or think that something's going to happen. Meet that person's gaze. Just look at them. You're allowed to be in that gym just as much as they are. So why, even though they're probably not even looking at you, they're just looking in that general direction. Don't make yourself small. Be allowed to be there. Meet them at that gaze and just make the assumption that you both are at this gym because you both are allowed to take up space in that gym equally. When you practice taking up space, you're basically telling the world that you matter. You're showing people that how you expect to be treated. When playing college sports, I think it's so easy to take up that space because you had a purpose and you were known on campus. You were allowed to be there. We can all agree that, you know, wearing that sports t-shirt or bringing your athletic backpack to class, it gives you that confidence and we wanted to take up space in that room. It was so easy to have confidence around campus because we, quote, belong to a group. However, after school, not only do you lose a big part of your identity, it is so hard to figure out what type of space that you actually want to fill a room with when you enter. So now that we talked about what taking up space means, how do you actually go about taking that space? I'm going to talk about some of the ways that I personally do this and some of the changes that I've started to make. But there are so many other ways that work and can make you feel very empowered to feel like you are ready to take up that space in whatever room you walk into. So my first suggestion is to stop using the words sorry and just. So just drop sorry and just from your vocabulary. Unless, of course, that you're actually apologizing. That's a little bit of a different uh, situation. But this is a really big one. I am the last person to be really qualified to talk about inequalities and so on. However, I do feel like this is one area where women struggle a lot more than men. Now that I'm in the corporate world, I notice that this is done a lot. I see so many people saying, hey, sorry to bother you, or sorry to ask, but can you send over that project now? Why are we sorry? You belong in that job, in that role, so why are you sorry that you're asking a question or sorry that you need something necessary to continue operations? Unfortunately, this not only will make your self-worth and confidence go down, but it can actually make others think less of you, which will lower your self-esteem and water down the impacts of future apologies. My second tip is to ask for what you need and don't just assume how anybody will respond to you. Yeah, there's a chance that they might say no, but hey, there's also a chance that they might say yes. And if you don't ask for what you need, there's no opportunity for that person to say yes. I have recently personally been so surprised about how often people are willing to do this for me when I just ask very specifically for what it is that I actually need. My third tip is that when you get a compliment, say thank you and then just stop, nothing else. No dismissing or downplaying whatever it is that that person just complimented you for. I've been trying this at work and let me tell you, it is very empowering. Accepting when you deserve that recognition will help wire your brain to be positive and really embrace the good job that you're doing. Start to think of times where you might have downplayed an accomplishment and try to start being more cognizant of when you can implement this into your own life. My fourth tip is to commit to doing things that scare you. Like all things, being so confident in your ability to take up space to the point where you operate at this level naturally 
is a muscle that needs to be built. There is nothing in life that's going to come naturally, and practice is the only thing that's going to make this perfect. By comparison, some of the other things that may have been hard for you won't seem as uncomfortable or as scary as whatever scary situation that you put yourself in first. If you don't choose to overcome your fears, you will never move away from where you are right now. You will never develop a growth mindset and become a person of action and change and success. Instead, you're going to remain stuck in that same situation. I once read a quote that absolutely changed my life, and I love it. So it goes like this. Marriage is hard. Divorce is hard. Choose your heart. Obesity is hard. Being fit is hard. Choose your heart. Being in debt is hard. Being financially disciplined is also hard. Choose your heart. Communication is hard. Not communicating is also hard. Choose your heart. Life will never be easy. It will always be hard, but we can choose our heart, so pick wisely. Life is not fair, and I promise that you will fail often, but don't be afraid to fail because that is the only thing that's going to make you grow. So with these tips, you are ready just to go in any room and take up space. It's an easy process, easy change, right? No, it is not. Taking up space is something that is really hard. Right now, I'm in a very transitional stage of my life where I feel like I'm a little bit too mature for some things and then so far ready from other opportunities. I've always worked very hard for my career and been really focused on building a career from the moment that I graduated college. Because of this, I have been pretty successful and I'm working for a wonderful company where I have had the opportunity to actually build a thriving department from the ground up and I have a very trusted reputation among our employees. Because of this, I feel like I have the confidence and I feel empowered to actually take chances and make big leaps within my role. I was lucky enough to be recently selected into a leadership program that is made up of the top 25 emerging leaders in the technology and biosciences industry here in San Diego. The first meeting threw me so far out of my comfort zone that all that I wanted to do when I was in that room was just run over to a corner, crawl in it, and bundle up into a little ball and just be absolutely silent until the meeting was over. I was in a room full of industry leaders who have done everything from designing COVID vaccines to building the first AI softwares. I am just a 25-year-old HR manager in a, or for a small startup company. I was thinking to myself some thoughts like, why was I selected? I am not supposed to be here. I am nowhere near smart enough to be in this room. Uh, my favorite thought was, why did I wear these heels? I am now a foot taller than everybody in this room. And so many more thoughts were just flooding my mind. I left that meeting feeling so small and so insignificant. Then after coming home and talking to my boss about how the first day went, I realized how valuable my presence really could be in that room. It hit me that everybody in that room, no matter how accomplished they seem, had once stood where I was standing, feeling very uncertain, questioning their worth, and doubting their capabilities. Let me tell you, it was a very humbling realization. I realized that success is not a linear journey, nor is it confined to a specific age or stage in life. It is accumulation of hard work, perseverance, <laughs> and a willingness to learn from both successes and your failures. Each person's path is going to be so unique, and comparing myself to others is only diminishing my own potential. The truth is, everybody starts from the ground up. Even the most influential figures in history had to overcome obstacles, they faced self-doubt, and they had to learn from the mistakes that were made. In these moments of uncertainty and discomfort, that's when that growth actually occurs. 
They shape us into the better versions of ourselves, and they're going to prepare us better for the challenges that lie ahead. So as I reflected on my own achievements, I realized that I had earned my place in that room. My dedication, my expertise, and the impact that I have made in my career so far were being recognized by others. The selection into the leadership program was not a mistake or a stroke of luck. It was a validation of my abilities and a testament to the potential that I possess. So instead of succumbing to imposter syndrome, which we've talked about previously, I chose to actually embrace the opportunity before me. I acknowledged that being surrounded by industry leaders was invaluable and it was a great chance to learn from their experiences, expand my knowledge on things that I didn't even know that I had an interest in, and an opportunity to forge meaningful connections that I have not been able to do in a virtual world. I reminded myself that growth requires actually stepping outside of my comfort zone and embracing challenges head on. I may still have some moments where I feel unsure or out of place, and I'm sure that we're all going to always have some of those moments, but I understand that those moments are now part of the process. They are reminders that I am pushing my boundaries and striving for more. So it's okay to feel lost and vulnerable, for it's through these moments that vulnerability is when we discover our true strength and resilience. Just getting super powerful here. I can't even talk anymore. (laughs) So I will continue to take up space and push forward. And I hope that that's something that you all will do as well. I will embrace the discomfort, learn from those who have come before me, and try to use my unique perspective to contribute meaningfully to the world around me. I am a work in progress. You are a work in progress, but constantly evolving and growing. And that's something that is worth celebrating no matter what stage you are in life right now. One area of my life that will help with everything that we just talked about is affirmations. This is something that I've been trying to practice and make into a daily part of my routine. It is a little bit hard to get into, but let me tell you, it is something that really, really helps. I honestly used to think things like therapy and affirmations and all of that were just something that, um, you know, they would say would help, but I was a little bit skeptical of the whole thing. But I definitely have found affirmations to be something that is a very powerful tool. So affirmations is a tool that I've been using to help change my outlook on life and just boost my overall confidence. Affirmations are essentially positive statements that you repeat to yourself regularly that reinforce beliefs and attitudes that support your well-being and your personal growth. Here are a couple ways that I've noticed that affirmations make a difference in my life. It helps me to shift negative self-talk. So affirmations help counteract negative thoughts and self-doubt. By consciously choosing those positive statements and repeating them consistently, you can actually rewrite your brain to focus on empowering and uplifting thoughts instead. Another thing is building self-belief. Affirmations help to foster a sense of self-belief and confidence. By affirming your strengths, your capabilities, and your positive qualities, you actually reinforce a healthy self-image and cultivate a mindset that will support your goals and your aspirations. Enhancing resilience is another. Affirmations contribute to building resilience by nurturing a more optimistic and resilient mindset. They remind you of your ability to actually overcome challenges and adapt to new solutions, reinforce a positive perspective in the face of that adversity that might come up. To make the most of these affirmations and improve your mental health, here are some tips. Choosing meaningful affirmations. So the first is actually selecting those affirmations that resonate with you Um, and can address areas where you would like to boost your self-confidence. 
they should feel authentic and align with your values and aspirations. So the easiest ways to find affirmations is really just to Google affirmations. There are so many out there, but saying something like, oh, I, oh gosh, I can't even think of one right now, but just making sure that they're actually things that you want to obtain and you actually believe instead of just some random affirmation that doesn't have value and help inspire you and where you want to go in life. I will post a couple down below in the link so you can um, kickstart some of the affirmations. I'll post a link to some of the ones that I've found that I really like, but this is a personal journey, so you will find affirmations that resonate with yourself. Another tip is to use present tense. This is another tip that I'm really passionate about. I have talked about this in previous episodes that I used to use this when I played college sports, but by using present tense, you phrase your affirmations in the present tense as if they were already true. So for example, instead of saying, I will become confident, I say, I am confident. This helps your mind internalize the affirmations as your current reality. Another tip is to just be consistent with this. Practice your affirmations regularly, ideally on a daily basis. Repetition is key to reinforcing positive beliefs and rewiring your thought pattern. Consider maybe incorporating affirmations into your morning or your bedtime routines to help make them a consistent part of your day. I personally am really bad at routines. My day looks completely different depending on really any day of the week. Um, But I think uh, one thing that I've done is just whenever I think of an affirmation, I just do it right then and there. And it's definitely been something that I just incorporate throughout my day. So it's not something that stresses me out of like, oh, you know, I need to spend five minutes doing affirmations before I go to bed. I can just organically have it happen throughout the day. So I've noticed that really helps. Try not to make this something that you are stressing about to be absolutely perfect. Just incorporating small affirmations whenever you have the time is something that'll just be really an opportunity to grow and make you have a much more positive outlook on life. Helping engage your senses is another tip that I have for you. As you repeat those affirmations, try to visualize yourself embodying the qualities or achievements that you're affirming. This is something that as athletes, we do a lot. So when you were playing your sport, I'm sure that you had opportunities where your coach would sit you down and you would visualize the game. This is something we would do a lot. Our coach would sit us down and say, visualize yourself going back for your serve or visualize us, you know, up on that podium with that gold medal. Visualizing can be a really powerful tool, and in this sense, it can also be something that can help with those affirmations. Feel the emotions associated with those affirmations and engage your senses to create a more vivid and impactful experience for you. My final tip is to combine your affirmations with actions. Affirmations work best when they are supported by corresponding actions. So take steps towards your goals and affirmations and use affirmations to reinforce your beliefs both in yourself and in your ability to succeed. In addition to affirmations, I do want to share a few more tips for maintaining better mental health and cultivating positive thoughts just to kind of close out this episode. So my first tip is to practice self-care. Prioritize activities that nourish your mind, your body, and your soul. Engage in regular exercise, get enough sleep, eat well, and make time for hobbies and activities that bring you joy. I have actually recently gotten into yoga, which if you know me, you think that that's absolutely crazy. Like five years ago, I probably would not be caught dead in a yoga class, but I freaking love it now. So just finding something that brings you joy and don't care what others think about whatever activity you choose. If it's something that brings you joy and it's making you a better person, then just freaking do it. Don't worry about what others think. 
cultivate uh, gratitude. So take time each day to actually acknowledge and appreciate the positive aspects of your life. Gratitude exercises such as keeping a gratitude journal can help shift your focus towards the positive and improve your overall outlook. I am not one to be really good at journaling, but I have been trying to do this where every day I would just write down in my little notebook, I'll write down things that made me happy today and things that I am really grateful for. Another tip is to surround yourself with positivity. Surround yourself with the supportive and uplifting people who encourage your growth and your well-being. Minimize exposure to negativity whenever possible, and whether it's through social media, news corruption, or toxic relationship, all of this stuff can just make your um, negative thoughts really upfront in your mind. I have honestly tried just to stop watching the news. I try not to be on social media because whenever I just look at, even if it's a post from a friend, I find myself just getting really self-confident and focusing on the negatives of the light or of the world that's happening around us. So just surrounding myself with the positivity and there are so many good things left in this world and just trying to find those little things. I even look for things such as a really good cup of coffee in the morning. I try to focus on the small positives and just the beauty that is still in this world. And finally, seek support when needed. Don't hesitate to reach out to professionals or friends and family if you're struggling with your mental health. A therapist or a counselor can provide the guidance, support, and strategies for maintaining challenges and fostering that positive well-being. This is something that I actually have been doing. I decided that I needed that extra help, and let me tell you, it has been something that has been um, instrumental in making my positive mindset come back and me just being an overall healthy human again. Remember, changing your mindset and cultivating positive thoughts does take time and consistent effort, just like everything that we talked about today. Be patient with yourself and celebrate even the smallest of victories along the way. With dedication and practice, you can improve your mental health and develop a more positive outlook on life. So with all of that being said, thank you for listening to another episode, and you will most likely hear from me in about two weeks. So go on, enjoy your rest of your day, and thank you all for listening.